This podcast is sponsored by Great White Hot Sauce. It's a small batch, handmade hot sauce, made specially for you. So if you like hot sauce, you'll love Great White Hot Sauce. It's the hot sauce that bites. Find it at www.trygreatwhite.com. Well, here we are, episode 60. Wow, and no end in sight. On this episode, we have our first returning guests. Yeah, we have the guys from the Music Relish Podcast. These guys are good. I give them that. They know their stuff. Well, if they didn't, I wouldn't have them on, would I? So sit back, relax, and enjoy some music talk with the guys from the Music Relish Podcast. Enjoy the show. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The KOFB Studio presents Milk Crate and Turntables, music discussion podcast, hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host, Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Amanda, for that wonderful introduction. Welcome to the podcast. You know the name, so I'm not going to say it. We're streaming live right now over Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you watch it on YouTube and you're a first-time watcher, hit the subscribe button, hit the alert bell. Uh, that lets you know when we go live, but we go live usually every Wednesday night. So there is no Jack again. Big surprise. <laughs> hey, he's a busy guy. He's all right. I'm not going to remove his name from the introduction yet. No, I actually probably never will. But... uh in his stead, I usually, I had my man, Tom Spallone, but he's not feeling well. Tom Spallone of the, uh, with the uh, Going Postal podcast. So if you want to hear a good podcast about people losing their fucking minds and killing people over mayonnaise, I still love that episode. <laughs> still love that. As a matter of fact, I just sent them something. Recently, I think yesterday I said it to him. It's not funny. It's not a funny story, but it's it's kind of fucked up. It's right up his alley. Evidently in Atlanta, some guy shot two Subway subs employees for putting too much mayo on his sub. Now, I'm not going to make light of that. But if you ask me, you can never put too much fucking mayo on a sub. I would have probably tipped those people. You can never have too much mayo on a sub. So I said, Tom's under, under the weather. And uh, in his stead, I'm bringing back the guys from the Music Relish podcast. I got a lot of good feedback from, uh, from the last time we did the show. 
Uh, I told them they're welcome to come on anytime they want. Uh, they helped me out in a pickle because Jack's not here again and Tom's sick. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to say they're number three on the list. They're in their own. These guys are in their own category. Let's just say I brought in the fucking A team, the backup team, the A backup team. All right, let me bring on Mark Smith. What's up, Mark? How you doing, Scott? Doing all right. And Louis Calicchio. Hey, Scott, how are you? What's up, buddy? How you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, all right. My son just started working at Subway two days ago. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. I saw that in the news. I'm like, come on, man. Tell, tell him to watch the mayonnaise levels. It's like, he, yes. he hates mayo. I'm like, I, I love it. Like, you put, put some oh. more in the sandwich. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've asked for extra mayo, and then I'm like, that's it? He's <laughs> like, a comment. So, and, and I'll get to you, Mark. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to do this. I have another live stream that's, it's, it's just for like my friends on uh, Facebook. I do this, this live stream and it actually is a YouTube channel, the King of Facebook. And it's a whole character that I created. It came from an argument between me and a buddy of mine on Facebook. And his response at the end of the argument was, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you're the King of Facebook. So I took the ball and ran with it. Right. <laughs> So I do this character, the king of Facebook, and I get my co-host, Big Bubba. And I think I do it on Thursday nights. And I think tomorrow night, speaking of mayo, I'm going to eat a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich, I think, live. (laughs) Because I read about it today. (laughs) Evidently, it's a thing in the South. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is. You're not not in the South. You're in Florida. (laughs) Exactly, but I I can't. I love peanut butter and I love mayo. I I I don't know. I'm just gonna eat. Uh, I, I'm not gonna pre-test it. I'm gonna eat it live on my live stream, and I I, I vowed to eat the whole sandwich. So Uh-oh. even if it's not good, how heavy are you gonna lay it, it on? Oh, we're we talking like an inch of peanut butter, an inch of mayo, or just oh uh, yeah. I, what do you think? Should I should I ease into that? Should I just put like a skim and a skim, or I think what it should would look you like do, an old... Mark? Mark, what would you, you do? You're gonna have the French Revolution in your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. I love mayo. I put it on too many things. I put it on Italian heroes. Yeah. Tom hates oh, that. Oh wait a minute! That. Wait a minute! Yeah. Uh, with with the oil and vinegar. Yeah, yeah. actually, with yeah, the yeah. oil and vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's what are you from pennsylvania good. come on man it's good <laughs> i'm from Jersey, lou it's uh, it's good <laughs> i get killed for doing that <laughs> well you hardcore italians you stick to the script you Absolutely. stick to that oh. italian script buddy and uh chicken and barbecue sauce on pizza no no i'm, Irish. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not pizza i just can't do it so i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you i i went to uh where did we go so my my wife and i went to naples about a month ago um and i was told this restaurant this pizza place go to this pizza place and so i go there and the the girl who i know from boston said you got to try their meatballs and she wasn't fucking lying the meatballs were like fucking unbelievable so i thought all right and they got these unique style pizzas the, the you know so, yeah, Naples, Florida, not Naples, Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to clarify that. Uh, 
I ordered this, like you said, a fucking pork, pork and chicken, blah, 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 pizza, personal pizza with the barbecues. Yeah, that was an epic fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's it one of those. That, yeah. Go on. It shouldn't be that complicated. It, it's one of those things you look at it and you you like this. It should it should be good. <laughs> but you're expecting a pizza taste, right? It's yeah. deceiving because you expect you see the pizza and you think it's gonna take it was a fucking it was the French Revolution in my stomach. <laughs> a steel day. I call it a tort. It's almost like a pastry or something. It's just when you do that. Yeah, so you're right. I, I will never do that again. I should have just went with a regular fucking pizza, but no. This is why I don't go outside the box. I go to an Italian restaurant. And we'll get to the music, people. But this is, I like, I like food talk important. too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Maybe I should do a food podcast too. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> that's that's short. When you say when you go to an Italian restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick yeah. to chicken, the basics. Chicken or, palm, yeah. chicken palm. Yeah. I am a chicken palm connoisseur. I go outside with the veal sometimes, but I feel guilty mm. sometimes. Uh, sometimes I don't. I, I hear <laughs> right? me too. I don't feel guilty when I'm eating a giant veal chop palm. I really don't feel that guilty, you know. I mean, the the, the thing was going to go anyway, so might as well. So and maybe they're doing a little differently now. I mean, they're still killing it, but you know, it's, you know they're not hanging it from a hammock like they used to. Oh, here we go, Mark. What's your preference when you go to a an Italian restaurant? I'm an eggplant parm guy. That's my thing. You know, uh, I try to tell myself yeah. I'm being healthy because I'm not having meat. Of course. <laughs> the cheese. Deep fried. And yeah. the sauce. The bread's about this big. You yeah. got this much cheese on it, but I'm yeah. being healthy. But I do like the taste. <laughs> but I got to tell you about pizza. I have bad memories of pizza. So we've I've been going to Vermont every summer my whole life. My grandparents lived up there. And back in the 70s, if you went to Vermont and ordered a pizza, you would literally get American cheese on it. And even when I was like seven years old, it was bad. That was just bad. And I was a teenager and I went to a deli and I ordered a Italian hero and I had to tell them how to make it. And it's not like that anymore. You know, it's, it's better now. But that was I just I love pizza, but I shudder when I think of that American cheese on pizza. Ugh. Yeah. When I, when I first moved here, there was no pizza in Nashville or bagels. Uh, there was one brick oven place, but everything else, I said, frozen pizza. I said, yeah, right. But then once we start becoming more uh, cosmopolitan and pizza places everywhere now, and it's good. There's one place, actually, your pizza cost you like 40 bucks. It is the, it's the, it's the size of a parachute. I forgot the name. Well, then that's, that's worth it, though. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, you know, how do you carry that thing home? You got to put it on the roof of the car, you know? Yeah, it's like <laughs> but, a 28-inch I mean, yeah. pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, Oh, it's raining. It's raining. You can use the box to cover your head. So Tom uh, Tom sent me the text yesterday calling in sick, and I'm requesting a doctor's note from him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's going to be mandatory doctor's note for Tom. Uh, plenty, plenty. Next time he comes on the show, I want to see him put it up to the screen. And, and I'll know if the, it's fake. Check the name. Make sure it doesn't say Dr. Feelgood, okay? Exactly. Uh, he's known for his Monday morning call-outs, too. You know, I worked with the guy, so. <laughs> he's going to kill me. Hey, did you ever notice that Steve Carell looks like Alice Cooper? 
Think about that. Yeah. Steve Carell looks like Alice Cooper. Yeah. Go and Google it. Go and Google it. I'm telling you, he looks like Alice Cooper. <laughs> just, well, Al, when Alice has thing. his makeup off, he looks totally different. He looks just like a funny guy. You know? That's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If Steve Carell dressed up as Alice Cooper on Halloween, no one would know the difference. <laughs> <He's> despicable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he described himself as, he goes, I'm so bland. He goes, I'm like beige against a wall of tan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got him up here. The smile. Yeah, okay, okay. That's interesting. He, kinda, he could be his brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, just an observation. Yeah, that's an observation. Yeah. Hey, um, so I think you told us the origin, uh, the last time you guys were on of the Music Relish podcast. I think you said Perry, uh, Dedovich kind of pulled you guys together. Yeah. Um, but how did like what was the what was the driving force behind it? You guys used to have just conversation about music. What was the the genesis of it? Just random conversations that, you know, they went on pretty long. You know, we all we know each other a long time. I've known Mark a long time at this point, uh, pretty longer. I met Mark through Perry. Um, but we just started, we'd bring up some weird points about some bands that we saw and like, you know, those little rabbit holes you go into like, and some of the times it all comes back to the same point. So like anything else, you know, Perry said one time, he goes, goes Dude, we're, we're doing a podcast. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I guess of sorts, you know, if, so we decided to take those phone conversations and just blast them out there. <laughs> um, but then, you know, we did about six of them, you know, they're kind of funny starting out too. You know? <laughs> As you know, there were some, there's been some technical issues and I didn't have internet here for about a month. It was insane. Um, <laughs> but we, we did a, a prog rock one with Mark and on Perry's suggestion, he goes, well, Mark's going to join us. And I said, okay. And, it was fun because, you know, it was nice bouncing all those things around. So after that, we just said, well, it adds some balance to it. Let's, let's bring Mark on. He's got nothing to do on Sunday nights, you know? That's right. They gave so me a full interview. The, you know, they interviewed me. I had to fill out the application. It was a vetting process. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. The hazing was just, yeah, geez. The hazing, the, the, the painful cavity searches. Perry did that, by the way. <laughs> he had to get on the show. You had to go to the, suffer the rigors. <laughs> you notice he's not here again. He's he's like our Jack now. Ah, well, as long oh, as he shows up on. for your podcast, yeah, he's yeah, okay. he does. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, uh, Jack, right now, I think he's—I don't know where he is. He's somewhere. He's traveling again. I got a chance to, to uh, hang out with him last weekend. I went up to Boston, so, um, and nothing's changed. Right. He's still not here. So, <laughs> uh, how many episodes have you guys done? We just did was wait thirty first mark. I think, think thirty one was, was season 30. one. We actually did season two because oh, no, that's right. Yeah, we, we're, we got we got renewed. Sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we did season two, episode one. So you uh, do seasons like you guys are going to take a break? Well, no. Yeah. We, we, since, we, since we went cameras and kind of up the format, you know, with different <clears throat> different yeah, you know, we call it the, uh, the different site that we're using. We're using Riverside. We just said you know kind of clean slate because. I had, I mean, from my point of view, I mean, I'm the one that had all the technical issues, you know, using a phone in the middle of nowhere. So in February and parts of March, there's some things that I did just unlistenable. <clears throat> in retrospect, it's kind of funny, 
but this was like a rebirth for us. I, I figured like a, a rebirth of sorts. So, so we got we got better audio, we got video, and so it's, it's, it's forever. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I think it was just me just to leave that part of it behind. You know, you can still we're still on the same um, on like on Spotify and stuff. You know, you still see the old episodes, but we just figured. Like, oh, it was like Music Relish Podcast, you know, 2.0. 2.0. Right. So you have no problem keeping those. Aren't you afraid that, like, someone's going to listen to one of the first episodes and say, uh, whereas if they listen to you more polished? Yeah. And I'm not suggesting anything. I have that mm-hmm. with, with my podcast, with this mm-hmm. podcast. I go back and listen to the early episodes, and I, I kind of cringe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I guess it's like that with every podcast at the beginning, unless sure. you are, uh, I don't know, you come in with a team and right and rehearsals night, or yeah. whatever. You know, you, you do some cast off episodes first. You know, we just went right out, probably like you were, we went right out of the shoot. Uh, yeah. Perry and I laugh about the first one because it's just him and I. And he's like, you know, we're like, Lou, Lou, you on? Perry, you on? On? We're on, <laughs> we're on the air, man. Like, you know, it's just so it's, it's naive. Right. Uh, I think some of the content was, you know, worth keeping. Um, there's a couple episodes. I mean, there's one where I went up and said, screw it. I flushed the toilet into the microphone because I just couldn't. It just wasn't happening. So I did my Archie Bunker moment. Um, but, you know, someone's going to listen to that. They're never going to come back. But, you know. We, yeah, we, I remember we, that we, one. We've had that, it. Was a guys, I got to get off now. now. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was just, it was just frustrating. You know? Kind of like it, my 50th episode with Jack. I was very frustrated. He why? really got under my skin. <laughs> really? Yeah, I actually... I think I said this last time. I very rarely uh, edit this this podcast. I like the organic conversations, but Jack just was pushing my buttons that night, just wow. strumming the guitar. Oh, and, I like that. Yeah, I, I, was I think that. I saw that one in particular. You threatened just, him, didn't you? After him, I just went silent, <laughs> and he just kept doing it. He didn't get the hint. And in my head, I was literally ready to just say, I'm done, and just cut it. And, and I did say to him, this might not make it out, out <laughs> onto the podcast. But I cooler heads prevailed, and I just uh, pushed through it for the sake of the podcast. And I went in the next morning, and I edited out that four minutes of, or three minutes of me just not saying a word. And Jack going, what's the matter? What's the matter? Bring, brum, 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 bring. I think he was playing as you were doing this the top songs of that year he was playing them or something <laughs> he probably was i don't know but it, it just we have those moments we yeah. have those moments you know but uh the show must go on yeah. so you have you said how many 30 30 31 i guess I, I think i think we did 30 and then we just did the new season whatever uh the first one on sunday that's on youtube now too. so, so that's a good idea to um season two will be a whole new kind of stock yeah yeah you know, and then like Mark just said, just keep it season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's called I mean, season yeah. two. We don't sound like shit. That's what it's <laughs> right. There's no, there's no dramatic finale to the season. You know? <laughs> it's just All three of us end up in a virtual knife fight or something. You know. <laughs> so, Mark, what's your favorite episode out of the Music Relish podcast? I think my favorite was the first one I listened to because I didn't hear about the podcast until they were about three or four episodes in. It was the, uh, Lou, you did the one on bubblegum music, right? Yeah. 
that one was great because you guys were laughing when you were talking. You were bringing up these names of these producers. I'm like Randy McAndy and all this stuff. But after the show, I just started YouTube and all these bubblegum songs. I was like, oh, yeah, these are great songs. All right. Give me an example of a bubblegum bubble song, bubblegum music. Well, the big one is the Archies, right? Yeah, Sugar, Sugar, Sugar. Ah, okay. <clears throat> covered by um, Wilson, uh, Wilson Pickett covered it. Yeah, um, I think he did. Yummy, 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 I got love in my, my tummy. tummy <clears throat> right? uh, one, two, three, red light. Ah, so. And the worst one of all. It's just terrible. Simple Simon says, "Put your hand in." You know, that's it's childish. Incense and pepper. But you know what? It's part of our music uh, history. Oh yeah, growing I mean, up. I was a little boy, and you know, you saw the Archies and you know the Banana Splits and all those other shows, and that stuff. You know, didn't seem offensive to me. It was. I mean, this stuff's definitely catchy, and I think a lot of that stuff was done by the same group of producers. A lot of these bands were kind of made up bands. Um, but um, I think you know the Cars. Um, um, you're just what I needed is a take from one of those songs. I it was uh, yummy, yummy. I think it's the same. Yummy, yummy, yummy. And so I mean, you know, you live, like we were talking about the cars a lot lately, actually. And um, Rick Hogan, he had he had a that had to be in his head, you know. Just it just to me, it seems it was definitely not a ripoff, but it just sounded like yeah, okay. Well, he didn't get sued. He's one for the bubblegum. No, no, he didn't. No, <laughs> he didn't get sued. Well, you know, Lou, uh, Archie's weren't they a response to the monkeys that the monkeys they wanted to write their own music and that producer said, "Fine, go do your own music. I'm well, going to make a Archies, cartoon band that's that'll sell more records than you, right?" Yeah, I mean, literally a cartoon. They were animated, but um, yeah. you know, the Archie's was an old time comic strip. Yeah, um, yeah, but, but yeah, they're, they're, I mean, you. yeah, they're about as real as Josie and the Pussycats until they made a movie yeah. about it. It was like um, spite against the monkeys because they wanted to do their own music, and wow. I, I forget who it was. Their producer, yeah. We well, yeah, yeah. the, the producers did a bunch of that same stuff. Um, you know, they were just like, well, you know, we got the Archies, and then we'll just go over here with the you know whoever the other bands were. I can't can't think of their names right now. Yeah. The nineteen ten Fruit Gum Company. There you go. That, yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. So That's there was just these really smart producers, writers saying, you know, like they're probably older too, saying no one's going to listen to this stuff. Older guys, you know, have these young younger dudes do it. You know, the, well, the monkeys are their own thing, too, though. But um, the marketing for that stuff, I mean, like you just said, Josie and the Pussycats. I mean, they all, the Hair Bear Bunch, didn't they have their own band, too, or something? Um, the, that cartoon, the Hair Bear Bunch. Yeah, they were oh, my God. <laughs> You're right, right, the right. Afros. I think they had, <laughs> they had a, a little band that they played. Um, I, that was brilliant marketing because they could get yeah. music out there and sell the music. And promote the show, so you're getting on on two different uh, platforms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, with the banana splits, the whole nine yards. It was it almost became commonplace in Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, for them to have a band, the Groovy Ghoulies. The Groovy Ghoulies. Right. That's dude. You just pulled out a good one there. Oh, um, remember that with us? Loved them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. Frightening Frankie, dangerous Jack, and weirdo Wolfie. God, that look crap at you! Me. Oh man, damn that signs of a misspent youth. <laughs> Joan Jet, uh, what's the Joan Jet thing? The glories of a misspent youth, or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Glorify yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. That shouldn't be any of our heads, though. At this point, ah, 
but that's when it was good. Things yeah. were good then, yeah. you know. I, don't, I, don't, I come from a big family, so I'm one of the second youngest out of almost eleven. So as a kid, you know, I was I was one of the kids, and I had older siblings, so all the older classic rock was there. So I listened to it, but I had those, you know, those, those bubblegum bands. You know, I never had the records, but I was just, you know, it seemed appropriate until you heard Hurdy Gurdy Man. You're like, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think and- I think having older siblings really helps with your musical development. I had three older sisters. And that's how I got into music. They just gave me their albums, you know, or I stole them. Yeah. Or you hear them playing them. Yeah. Then there was the occasional uh, Archie's 45 on the back of the cereal box. <laughs> really? Was yeah, it like an acetate? That? It was an acetate thing? Yeah. Holy. You could cut it out. Yeah, man, that's put right. It on, put it on your stereo. Wow. Your little suitcase, yeah. you know, plug it in, put it on there and drop the needle on it. And it played the Archies. Oh, was it was it actual plastic thing? Yeah, it had to be like a certain. Okay, like it was an acetate. It was. It wasn't like a true forty-five, but there's a way they designed it. How they put it onto the back of, and it was like part of the box. Like it said, yeah. cut here, and you had yeah. to cut around, which means you had to finish the cereal. Assume, assuming you finish the cereal. I never waited. <laughs> just the marshmallows. Exactly. Take my mother freak out, Mark. <laughs> Scott, I got to ask you. I, I noticed behind you, you've got Count Chocula, Blueberry, Frankenberry, and who's the other one? <laughs> what was your favorite? I got Count no. Chocula. I have yeah. I have Count Chocula. I got Frankenberry and Blueberry. Blueberry. I saw. I thought I saw a fourth one there. Yeah. No, no. Um, actually, uh, Fruit Brute would be the fourth one, <laughs> and I think Yummy Mummy was the fifth one. <laughs> okay, I was yeah. a Frankenberry man myself. I was, you know. Frankenberry's good. I like this, but always just have to go with the Count Chocula. Just okay. have to, All yeah. Right. The chocolate milk at the end is just oh, yeah. a, All of it. So, but Frankenberry had strawberry milk. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind <laughs> of a coin toss, I guess. Really nutritious, really good for you. Oh, yeah. yeah Remember I, it used to be called sh- Sugar Smacks? Yeah. Then they took the Pretty sugar smart. word out of it, called them Super Smacks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I could Sister go, would come in and go, you want a smack? <laughs> I can yeah, go on and on about br- breakfast cereals from back in the day. <laughs> but um, so, Lou, what was your favorite episode? Um, Up to, to date. I like, I mean, of the old stuff, I, I did like the one where we talked about a lot of uh, the producers. Um, yeah. Stuff like with Tom Dowd. You know, I think that was another one of our, our more academic uh, episodes because you start really, once you start finding out what these guys did, you know, Tom Dowd produced uh, Derek and the Dominoes, uh, Retha Franklin. I mean, he's one of those top five guys. But as I found out, he also worked on the Manhattan Project. Oh, my God. That's just like over here and over here. <laughs> um, he, but yeah, he didn't know. He, a lot of them didn't know they were building the bomb. They had these separate projects. He was a physicist. So he was working on some type of fusion thing. He didn't know it was going to blow up Hiroshima and Nagasaki, though, uh, because, you know, the classified information. But he found out when he got out, he was so advanced when he got out of the service. He couldn't do anything in the service, so he went to music. And, you know, his his uh, resume is incredible. Off the top of my head, I mean, uh, I will say everyone knows Derek and the Dominoes, you know, Layla. Yeah. So he produced that amongst many, like a lot of Allman Brothers, too. Um, but I, I thought that from my the way I, I like music and history, I thought that was one of my favorites. I learned a lot from that episode. That's I did, that too. Yeah, cool. we all we all brought something in. But because, um, you know, those are, I'm, I would love to be a music producer. I think that. You know, when you, when you, when you want to be a musician when you're younger, you know, when you start finding out how music works and what you can do and the role of the producer, it's so interesting. And it's it's powerful. 
um, you know, some producers, you know, they, it's, you know, you know, it's they're not their law, but they work with the record company. If the record company doesn't like what you did, they're not going to put the record out. So you got to play mm-hmm. ball. Um, but it's that other, it's that outside ear. Um, you know, most of them are musicians. But I thought that was one of our more fun ones, you know. Um, you know, something that there's little bits and pieces of everything. I, <laughs> Uh, my least favorite is when I flush the toilet into the <laughs> Evidently. I, I was gonna I was gonna quit. I almost quit. Not because of any anyone. I just I was just frustrated with you trying to deal with this, you know. <laughs> Especially, you know, I, a couple of things. I thought I had some good good shit to lay out there, but it was just all pixelated. So it just sounded like, you know, it was just just totally bad. And, those and we was, should we, we should drop those, Mark. I think those but, we should just delete. Well, you know, we're gonna redo them. The, 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 the ones about producers, could you guys were the reason I went out and bought the Glenn's John's biography, autobiography, because you were uh-huh. talking about him and Glenn's John's, who did Beatles, The Who, uh, uh the Eagles, Eagles, first three Eagles album. Yeah, he, um, when I learned that book gave me an insight into producing, which is it's just incredible what the guy achieved from England and he produced the Eagles. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we got to redo those for sure. Yeah, and, I think so. So that's an interesting concept. So you can go back and say your episode was producers and you guys are doing them through a cell phone. And, and, and you, you, of course you weren't, you look back now and you're like, ah, but it's great content. It's fucking great content. Right. right? So that's, that's a pretty, pretty novel idea to go back and just, it's not going to be the exact thing. Right. But the same topic, and you will discuss a lot of the same. And, and as that one gets finished, <laughs> you get rid of the other one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oops, I deleted it. <laughs> In my opinion, is about seven that have to go. <laughs> just, I just think you know, from I moved here in February, so February until mid March, it was just you know, well, maybe it's just only a month, a month of Sundays. You know, maybe it just seemed longer. Um, but even when I was living up further up in Barnesville, there was times where it was just because of the reception, it was just kind of going in and out. Yeah, um, this yeah. has been, this has been so such a relief, you know? And, yeah. And again, thanks for having us on Scott. This is, this is great. Yeah. Oh no, listen, you guys, can I come enjoy on. Your, we enjoy your show too. It's great. Yeah. You guys can come on anytime you want, man. You have an open invitation, okay. you know, um, you, we'll have you on, we'll have you on ours too. If you'd be, so yeah, that'd be gracious. great. I'm, I'm not doing nothing Sunday night. I'm retired. I don't have to get up Monday morning. <laughs> uh so you guys started doing video now you have a youtube channel yes yeah what's it called yeah. uh, so i think it's just music relish podcast music relish podcast thing, yeah. youtube yeah. channel and you just published your first video yeah all right it's Excellent. on spotify too but my spotify kept freezing up on my television so but i on youtube the whole thing is there i don't know if it's just because my spotify acts weird sometimes so, I, I thought it was a glitch but i don't think it is spotify video yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I, know they could do that, but I saw. I it. didn't either. I didn't. Maybe they're not supposed to. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought there was some sort of uh, prerequisite to do that. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look into that because that would be interesting. Now I go through. I use Restream, right, for my video, and they they have all the different platforms. I got to see if Spotify is one of them that they link to. Mm. Um, who do you publish your podcast through? What what plat? Like I use Buzzsprout. Well, uh, Riverside, and I think we were we were going through Anchor, and then Anchor through Spotify, but it was kind of direct from that. But Riverside is based, I mean, Perry's started the, uh, the subscription, but it seems like we're just going from Riverside right out to Spotify and Apple. and Ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. And he set up the, um, the YouTube account. Uh, he doesn't have Facebook, but Mark and I do. 
Yeah, so that's coming very soon. The Facebook right, page Facebook, will be up by the end of the week. Does it yeah. have to be live, Facebook? Does it have to be live? What I no. what I'm gonna I'm gonna just put the links to the YouTube on for Facebook. I mean, that's okay. the beauty of YouTube. Everyone can get YouTube. Not everyone can get Spotify. So, right, right, yeah. right. And like what I do, I mean, you if see if you can link to Facebook Live, and then you guys just go live on you on like I do. Yeah, and then it then it stays there. So it know? is it is a live feed that you're doing there. Yes, I do a live feed, but you guys aren't going to do a live feed, right? You're just going to do record it and then put it out on Facebook. All right, no editing. I I mean, I'd like to go live. I'd like to do it. I mean, I think we're going to get to the point where I think we are. But you don't, you and Jack, you know, you you tape yours and you you put it out the next day. No, we're live right now. And what I do with the podcast is right after the show, I'll download the audio from this and I'll go into Buzzsprout and I'll upload it with all the information. Then I just send it out. I hit publish. Okay. But this video, this, this live stream, you know, it's it's going to stay on the Facebook page. It goes into your YouTube channel and Twitter. I have a Twitter uh, okay. account too, so it plays on that. But what happens on the show happens on the show. Live is fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I think live keeps you on your toes too. Because yeah. you start getting an audience. And the thing about live video, live podcast, is <clears throat> it's not about the immediate views of the people watching. I used to get caught up in the number. I'm like, ah, there's only, you know, 13 people watching, right? But you got to think, these people have lives. It's Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, right? And it's a scrolling society. Then I look at the end of the week, by next Wednesday, it has a couple hundred views, maybe right. 200, 300 views, you know? So it's the thing about going live is it's the after views that you're mm-hmm. really looking for. So do you guys have one particular episode that has gotten more downloads than the other, than the others? Do you if look our, at the numbers? Do you look uh, at the numbers? Uh, Perry has the metrics. He's very secretive. <laughs> he, he runs a tight ship. <laughs> you know what he says? He ship. says to us, "You will know what you have to know." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they've been they've been building, and what's neat we we've had like listeners from like New Zealand and yeah. Uh, yeah. Australia, which is the beauty of this whole thing. Whereas I think I mentioned last time, back in the day when you just had a radio, so if you bought time on your local radio station, only your local area would hear it. But this podcasting. It's worldwide. That's what's yeah. really good about it. Yeah. Yep. And it does reach. It does the, reach. The, the UK has next to the, you know, the US. The UK, I think, has the most. But Germany's got a couple of Philippines pops up. Um, there's one, uh, United Arab Emirates. Um, so who knows? Might yeah, it's sheep. always funny to see where this. Yeah. Saudi Arabian this. prince laughing at us. There was one. And your sound quality sucks. Yeah. There was one little town. In France, right? And I just kept seeing this thing pop up. So I went on the, uh, I forget what the name of it was, like Cairn, France or something. I don't know. And I went on the the BuzzFeed Facebook group and I was like, is anybody getting these downloads from this place? Because they seem to be. And someone came on and said, "Uh, yeah, that's a server. (laughs) Like people because everyone's like yeah it was me too me too me too me too right and i it just became this whole thread on all these people jumping in saying yeah i got like 10 and i think someone someone came in and said 
Yeah, I think that's a server <laughs> that's downloading all these things. But somebody's listening. Someone's listening, yeah. <laughs> somebody's listening. So the thing about music podcasts is there's no end in sight. It right. ends when you guys want it to end because it's yep. endless conversation. You know, do you ever hit a wall and say, ah, what do you want to talk? Who? All right. Out of the three of you, out of you, Perry, uh, I'll, I'll ask Mark, out of you, Perry and, and Lou, who comes up with the topics? We all equally try to come up with a topic. Perry is usually the one that he calls us early in the week and he's got an idea and he's ready to roll with it. Um, you know, me, I'm kind of like, just like when I did my homework by Thursday, I'm getting my uh, topic together because it's great when you, when you're thinking all week, you're driving and you're thinking of stuff, uh, you know, uh, when you did the show, you guys did the one on the, uh, the band's second albums for years. I'm like driving thinking that would be a great discussion, but I could never think of it, you know, when we're trying to think of what yeah. we need. So yeah, it's that. And then we've been the last few episodes we were doing what's called random relish where kind of went back to when we used to just sit around and talk, you come up with different topics and we let it flow free freely. So Lou will start talking about, you know, summer songs. And then, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, and I come up with a year with albums that came out. But um, I think, you know, uh, I noticed you, Lou and Lou and Perry used to do one topic. I think I ruined that. I think we got to get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the random thing is, is, is good. Yeah, but I do like to um, get a little specific sometimes. It's also, yeah. I think it's things that we have a personal, you know, the topics will come of a personal interest. I happen to be into like the producers, the behind the, the, the mechanics of how these records are made. So that might be my <laughs> suggestion. Um, you know, then, so, but it, it, it's, it is a mixed bag. Like Mark has things that he like, he brought some ideas and, you know, my thing comes it. from you, you're producing Lou and I'm after the fact, cause I was an audio mastering. Mm -hmm. So when I was actually doing audio mastering, it ruins your love of music. So when I was actually working in mastering and you have to listen for all the distortion, the pops and the clicks, you can't enjoy music. It took me years right. to listen to an album and not have to worry about noise, you know? And uh, now I can finally listen to some of these crappy sounding albums and get it. But when you're doing the job, oh, it sucks. You know, <laughs> right. I so, bet yeah. um, I found that and I, I call those uh, you call it random relish. I call it my mixtape. Mm -hmm. So okay. and it goes with the background on the YouTube channel, you know, the cassette. And, um, I've, I have found, though, that I and, I and it's just ideas during the week. I'll just think of something like you said mark and i'll uh i'll put it in my notes mm. on my phone not while i'm driving <laughs> you don't do. do that you don't, you don't do that <laughs> it's bad, not bad, bad. good <laughs> just remember it and put it in maybe if you're at a long <laughs> red light it never comes out right yeah uh but i've found that i could have a lot of random relish and we end up staying on one subject for like a 20, 25 minute run, yeah. you know? So I, I like that freestyle where it just, something really evolves and you hit that one subject, that one topic where say Jack and I just, it just takes off on its own. Yeah. You know, you can go down rabbit holes. Yeah. Um, I like those, I think better than the specific shows. We've done a lot of specific shows, but I find this too. When you do specific shows, eventually you're going to kind of hit a wall 
Like if you're doing a hundred episodes, right? That's a hundred topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, then you really have to start digging. Like, yeah. <clears throat> uh, you know, let's, I don't know. Let's talk about how 45s were created. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, like, you know, what's hard is when, when who invented the a needle. Two, yes. When it's the same two guys or three guys talking, it's true. Now, if you had guests on, that's a whole different animal. Like, so you got these guys that have done a thousand podcasts on music, but if they have a different guest every week, sky's the limit. And they, exactly. You know, it's a challenge. Good point. Good but point. I agree with you, Scott, because like there were a couple episodes when we started and I'm like, ooh, we only have three topics tonight. But then I'm like, Lou will pick up on the second one. I'll pick up on it. And we start talking and then boom, we realize we went an hour and 20 minutes. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You hit that rabbit hole and you just go down. So, Mark, you're a you're the prog rock guy, yeah. Right, uh, Lou, you're the what's your specialty? <clears throat> I like history. I'm history. a big. I like the whole history of you know the rock and roll, the whole thing. All those little that minutia. Um, yeah, um, musical wheelhouse. Um, you know, I was a classic. I went full really alternative in the uh, in the '80s. You know, I love classic rock. We raised on it, but I got to the point where I. You know, it was, I thought it was being forced down my throat. So I'm like, what else is out there? And, you know, you start flipping around dials and, you know, the whole, was it the replacement song, Left of the Dial? Where the, where the cool stuff is, you know. I never the liked them. Stations. I, I never liked you know, the replace. I never I, got into I, them. I, I tried to. I, th- I thought I was supposed to like them for 15 minutes. I thought the songs That's were good. That's a great but... way to put it. I thought I was supposed to like them <laughs> like, because well, people I, I, were like, the replacements, the replacements. The replacements. Our, our friend Tom Griffin's seen them, and he's seen them when they're all drunk and shitty and stuff, and seen them when they were kind of good. They were they were not, not that great a band, but they had great songs. But the band was not – I mean, I, I was – I'm talking shit, but I was never a fan of that drummer. I said, you know, this guy, like Ginger Baker said, he couldn't swing a sack of shit. You know, it's just, it's just stiff, but, um, you know, you tried that though, but I mean, that's, I, I found REM that way, just going way over. And I heard a radio free Europe before I knew what it was. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's really cool. It hey. just, it, it sounded familiar far away and the whole thing, it just sounded alien almost. Let me and ask like, you, let yeah. me interrupt you for one second. And you just said, do you remember, do you remember those commercials for radio free Europe? Yes. It was like a black and white, and you yeah. would hear the radio, and you hear Radio Free Europe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was actually a thing. A lot of people yeah. don't know. That was a real thing. Yes, it was. It was. I, in, I mean, in I the that was... 70s, I think, the 60s and 70s, 60s Radio 70s, Free. Yeah. yeah, Radio Free Europe was a, an actual station. Yeah. It was an actual thing you could listen to. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's funny because I, I don't know if that was because of the Iron Curtain, you know, the Cold War. To me, I, I, I remember asking my dad what that was, and he probably was the radio station, you know. I don't know what they played or whether it was news or music or all that stuff, but I just thought radio free. Europe just sounded like, you know, something happened during wartime. Maybe there was a post-World War II thing, but well, that'd be pretty cool to look at. You know, like, well, here's, here we go. Though. Things like that, you know, like I said, if you, if we plan this conversation, they may not sound like that, but, um, but that was something just off, comes off, up off, naturally off the cuff yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually going to go back after the show or maybe tomorrow, I'm going to uh, try to find one of those old commercials. Yeah. It's gotta be on YouTube. Oh, yeah. There's got to be yeah. one on YouTube. I just remember watching it. It was kind of avant-garde. Not that I knew what that word was back then. It's French but for bullshit. But I do now, yeah. And it was black and white. I remember someone running through the streets, and there was teen, you know, there was young people, and just the some talk, and then Radio Free Europe. And I was like, it just stuck in my craw. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, it's stuck in Michael Stipe's craw, too, because, he, he <laughs> you know, we're all the same age. He, he, he probably saw the same commercials, and we're like, you know. 
How do you right. think they would do if they went back out on tour? Um, their last two albums I thought were great. Yeah, they were. Right. Last, I thought the Accelerate and Collapse of Now were great. Accelerate was a fantastic album. But they, it really they, is, yeah. But they kind of fell out of, not out of favor, but they fell off the map in popularity. Yeah, in America. I in think. America, yeah. 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 They could probably still tour Europe. They could, you know, they could, like a lot of musicians, you know, they, they, you know, in 97 when they put out um, New Adventures in Hi-Fi, which is a record I listened back to it recently. It's a great record. At the, I, I liked is. a lot of it when it first came out, but it was just kind of it sounded weird to me. But it, it, it's a great record. There's some great songs on it. But that was the first record that didn't sell as well as all the others. They had that climb, a perfect career climb, where each album outsold the other. They didn't yeah. have to go and nothing too crazy, which is why Nirvana envied them. Yeah, he said you know they just had the perfect career, but you know eventually you, you, you can't stay on top forever. Um, but I'm, I'm you know but what. what New Adventures in Hi-Fi sold was, you know, of course it went platinum probably, but it didn't sell as much as Monster or whatever came before that. I think it was Monster before that. Once in Frequency, Kenneth, that album? Yeah. 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 And then um, they kind of just went into the wilderness through the 90s, which was ironic because the grunge movement, a lot of those bands, they were like very friendly with those bands and those bands like them. And you thought that they, not that they were grunge, but you thought they would have stayed popular and yeah yeah and i didn't listen to him either through the whole 90s it was accelerate that i started listening to him again and you know i was like wow well michael stepp and kurt cobain were friends i think one of the songs on monster dedicated to river phoenix and i think kurt cobain Hmm. um because that came out in 94 and that's when cobain died but um also what happened was that their drummer quit the band well, he was—he had a brain tumor, didn't he? And he, had, he had an aneurysm on an, stage. An aneurysm—that's what at, it was. Yeah, at the best place you could do it. He was there in Luzerne, Switzerland, where that hospital—if you're going to have an aneurysm, have it there. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, as a drummer, his timing was great. But you know, yeah, you read that story, like, oh my god, he was on Bill Berry, right? Bill, Bill Berry, yeah, yeah. His wife apparently owns property around here somewhere. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His ex-wife, rather. Um, but yeah, but that was a tour. All, all except uh, Peter Buck all had major illness things. Uh, Stipe had an appendectomy. I think Mike Mills had a twisted colon. Bill Berry had an aneurysm. And yeah, you know, Peter Buck waited a couple of years to have his um, alcohol and pill fueled air rage incident. Yeah, I'm sure they 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 raged hard in their time. Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Now they came out of the Athens, Georgia music scene with the B52s. Yep. Yeah. And wasn't there another band that came out of there that was popular out of um, Athens? Uh, Love Tractor, some of the more obscure ones. Love Tractor, I think, did. Um, not, not, I, don't, I don't know, 10,000 Maniacs? No, no, I don't know if 10,000 Maniacs did. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they came yeah. out of Athens. But, um, you know, 10,000 Maniacs is interesting. <clears throat> uh, you know, they went out on tour, I don't know, it was like 10 years ago. And a, a friend of mine, she said, uh, oh, I'm going to see 10,000 Maniacs. And I said, oh, is Natalie Merchant with them? No. It's it's some other side. I said, really? and it's not 10,000 Maniacs. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she said, oh, but the music's still good. And I'm saying, uh, that's one of those. She's the voice of that band. Yeah. 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 The, whole, the whole focal point, really. Yeah. Um, did you know Max Weinberg? Played with them for a while. Oh, did he? Yeah, really? he did. He did some touring with them in the nineties. Uh, after Bruce broke up the E Street Band, Let's see, there's like eight of them in there, isn't there? The musicians, there's a there's a handful of them, isn't there? Or is well, there... well the, the original guitar player died. Guy Rob Buck, he died. But I thought I thought there were four. I had a keyboard what? player, 
drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, and so I think there were five pieces. Basically. Okay, five. Yeah. Early on, I think I was never a big fan of, of, of them too much. Um, I, I liked them. I they thought just, they were a nice break. I mean, around the time they came out, 86, 87, 88, right? right? Uh, you know, what's the, uh, their, their first hit was um, The Weather, uh, Feels Like yeah. the Weather, right? A lot like the weather. A lot like the weather, which is still Produced to this by, day. Uh, you're the producer guy. Peter Asher. There you go. That's the, look at that. See, Mark, come on. You got it. You got it. Yeah. I oh, know Lou knows his producers. He knows. His. Remember, remember the band the producers. Limitations. You remember the band the producers? Yeah. What's he got that I ain't got? He's got you. You were in that band, there, right? There, uh, I was Wayne. I was the keyboard player Wayne Famous. Okay. I think they were a one-hit wonder. I think. Oh, you were Seymour Butts. Huh? Seymour. Um, no, nah, he's a he's a porn producer. He's not a he's, <laughs> he's not a record producer. Uh-huh. Yeah, my old band. I I, I like. Some of their stuff, but um, she had that one song about um, I thought it was a little preachy. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, about the kid. No, no, it's, yeah, you know, so, it's, so don't I, hit your kid. It's yeah, not. It's, yeah. like, it's my kid. You know? Try to tell my mother that. <laughs> tell, yeah, she, really. She'd tell Natalie Merchant, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> <laughs> I will do what I want. Watch I will this. whoop his ass because he <laughs> fucking deserves it. That's right. <laughs> That's my old band Edenville, we had a song I wrote. It had like a surfy thing. So I wrote lyrics for it. The title was called Shut Up Natalie. And the lyrics were so purposely so bad. So I was horrible. And I, I told us, I said, I, we can't sing this. So it became an instrumental on our CD <laughs> that we put out. But everyone's like, what does Shut Up Natalie mean? I'm like, uh, no, you being petty. <laughs> when, when I heard Tiger Lily, I was in a Macy's. I heard her voice. I said, that's Natalie Merchant. And I heard the song. I liked it. And I saw her in the video. I'm like, I like her. Yeah, I got this. I dropped the crush on her from the video. A friend great. of mine's wife looks. I went, from, I went from hate to love. Yeah, so there was something attractive about her. Um, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine's wife looked just like her, hmm. like the same skin, the same features, same hair. She oh. wasn't as as thick as Natalie. Natalie was a little thick. Mm-hmm. She was a little thick in the his. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Not, it all worked. It all worked. <laughs> it all comes together like a good album. That's she right. comes together like a good album. And she is a good singer. She has a very unique voice. Great singer. Very yeah. recognizable. You know? Yeah, yeah. She she put out a solo album. I think it was called Motherland. And from a sounds perspective, that that had that was a really, really one of my favorite albums. Come out in yeah. the nineties. Excellent album. Still puts out quality material. Now she has a, a very unique voice, but I don't think and and maybe you can you, you can argue with me on this. I think the female singer with the most unique voice I've ever heard, and it, it's pretty hard to beat her, I think, Alison Moyet. Did you ever hear Good her? Point. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. The lead, she sang uh, with Yaz. Oh. Uh, what is it? I forget their hit, their hit song. Um, well, her solo hit. Move out. Was that 80s or earlier? That was 80s. Yeah, Allison Moye. And then she went solo and she had a, a, a small hit with Invincible. Yes. Hmm. Yes. But her voice is just absolutely belting, belting loud. So what's his name that left um left Depeche Mode? Uh he left Depeche Mode. He was the fourth member. What did he play? He was, I think he was, a, I think he was one of the keyboard players, I think. Okay. He, um, 
he started Yaz, and then he started uh, another band. Shit. Now, you know, right when I want to talk about it, I'm drawing the blank on it. Uh, what was his name? Andy? Let me see. Now I'm going to look it up. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, I'm helping you. Yeah, let me see. Yaz uh band here we go so Naz. let's see fletcher it it was originally called yazoo right uh vince clark vince clark left depeche mode and started yazoo they called it yaz in the united states with allison moyer then interestingly enough they break up and he starts Erasure. Okay. With Andy Bell. I didn't know who that. Sounds just like Allison Moyer. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> huh. sounds. Hey. Yeah. For yeah. a reason. So listen to Erasure and listen to Yaz. And Vince Clark knew a good sound when he heard it. Hmm. And Scott, they Scott, I didn't know that link between those three bands. That's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You mean well, I taught that, you guys genre? something? Holy shit! Yeah. Oh well, my game, Scott. I, I, was, I, 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 I was thinking the Naz when you said the Yaz. I'm like, and and the name Allison. I've heard about. I wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. Her. Go listen um, to her. I will. Yeah. Unbelievable voice. Now, Depeche Mode Erasure. What 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 is the name of that genre? Because I was not a big on. Over, you could say super, synth, super pop. Keyboard, you, synth pop. You could say okay. synth pop or dance music, you know, club music, dance okay, music. Yeah, I, I was always kind of dancey, but um, I like some of it. That's not a big. Uh, you know, think about it. It's not that I don't like it. I just don't know a lot about the band. I so love like, that music. I just like, learned some. Like you had uh, um, the Bronski beat. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. With Jimmy Somerville, who I think, again, if you want to talk about unique voices, Jimmy Somerville's voice is just how he hits that falsetto, like just keeps it up there. Yeah. And then he left Bronski beat and started the Communards. Um, and they had a couple of hits. Uh, but I, I, I love that music. I love all that kind of music. Uh, you know, if you've watched the show or listened to the show enough, you know, I love synth. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I do too. And I'm a guitar player, but yeah. I get more out of hearing a good keyboard album. I love Depeche Mode because being a prog guy, those eighties bands, uh, Depeche Mode, even Howard Jones, they had that analog synth sound, which was so good. Yes. And Depeche Mode just, they were i love them yeah they're really some of it's they're darker than the others and that's what i like about them mark when you and perry come visit we're gonna go to the moog museum oh absolutely because uh, bob moog lived here so there's a moog museum there's a oh region. shit really yeah yeah there's an outlet but he's got um in downtown he's got a little museum but they do tours and stuff like that and it's got all the old does uh, he have any of keith stuff. emerson's stuff there I don't know. I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, I'll be like grabbing onto it. Get away! Get away! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I love that music. I for some reason yeah. I'm just I listen to I love synth music and synth you like pop. Pet Shop Boys and they're good too. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I, and I have, I have not been ashamed to say this, and I I love the idiots that overlook them because of their name, because of their style of music. But I'm telling you, man, the Pet Shop Boys are fucking talented. Yeah. And they 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 should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Are they still, if, are they still around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're actually it? touring right now with uh, Erase. No, with huh. 
No, but, no, with New Order. With New Order. New Order, okay. Oh. Yeah, they had done that, I think, before COVID, I want to say, and they were coming to the Fillmore in Miami, which is where I saw the Pet Shop Boys on their own. Uh, and I got a, a quick story about them. Uh, but they wanted fucking $300 or something like that, three fifty, four hundred a ticket. Wow. I'm like, yo, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like New Order. I like, but I like the Pet Shop Boys, but I don't fucking like them that much. No. I, <laughs> I wonder how not. they did. Can we comment on a comment here? Uh, yeah. Richard Rock. Richie Rock. Richie Rock. I, I heard that song he was talking about the other day at work. Uh, you, I have the looks. You got the brains. Lake, let's, let's make, let's lots, make of money. lots of money. Yeah. yeah we're, we're looking for an alternate playlist at work the other day. I heard that. I'm like, I hadn't heard that in a long, long time. And can I make an apology to Dave Phillips? You can, the floor Dave, is yours, Lou. <laughs> um, about the, the Jay Giles comment. That was Dave, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, so I was, Dave, I, I apologize. Um, sincerely. <laughs> I was in my car the other day listening, and this wacky song came on. Like, it almost zapped out. Like, I'm like, who the hell is this? I couldn't recognize the singer, the band. It was like a spoken word thing. It was the Jay Giles band with a song called No Anchovies, Please. From yes. The last oh, Thanks for No Anchovies, uh, what Please. What the hell? I, I, was, I was completely floored. So um, I'm a fan now. There you go. There you go. Uh, Dave, but, Dave is a big advocate of them. I was like, but it, I couldn't tell the music behind us. It was like, like, a, like a spoken word. It was like a st- weird story about some guy's yeah. wife being abducted and wrapped in yeah. cellophane, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what. Uh, if you want to hear a great Pet Shop Boys album, go listen to Behavior. That is, from start to finish, what I refer to as a perfect album. Every song on there, solid, solid. That's that rare album that you can listen from start to finish and not hit, you know, well, to me at least, right. you know. But uh, so they played, I saw them at the Fillmore in Miami by themselves. And uh, this is the kind of, they're a duo, so I'll, I'll call them a band. It's kind of band they are. It's kind of guys they are. So there was a, a traffic jam, go figure, going into Miami. And the show was supposed to start, I think, at 9 o'clock or something, 8.30. And traffic, and I guess somebody had let them, let the the theater know. You know, look at there's a big fucking traffic jam out there. And the band was probably notified. And I he came out and he said, uh, the lead singer came out and he said, we're going to wait a little longer for the people that are stuck in traffic because we want everybody to see the show. If you don't mind, dude, like how could you fucking, yeah. how could you deny that? Like they were that curt, not like, fuck it. Let's just go on. We want everybody to see the show. We want everybody that paid their money to get, you know, so we're just going to wait if that's okay. And everybody fucking went nuts. And it's, that's a very respectful thing to do for your audience. Especially nowadays with the price of tickets. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like another, I think we waited another 20 minutes, but you know, I think bands get a a, a slight surge from that. You know, like, when they come out, it's there's just a little extra energy in the in the in the room. You know, I think 
just because everyone's been waiting and they they didn't get booed. <laughs> you know, sure. people were like, "Pet shop boys." Yeah, they, the crowd didn't revolt boys. or anything, right? Which which I don't think that's the type of audience that would do that. Pet shop <laughs> boys, pet shop <laughs> boys. That just doesn't sound right. I don't think. <laughs> just doesn't come across. Right. Like you know, synth pop, synth pop dance people don't don't do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More, 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 Unless it's more out Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> PSB. PSB. Very, yeah, yeah. Very nice. They stay to it nicely. I don't think I don't think devil horns go up at a <laughs> at a Pet Shop Boys concert. So you have a very wide musical palette. Oh yeah. I try. I love just spreading it out. Uh, yeah. do you think getting back to REM, how much effect do you think? the birth of hip hop had in the nineties to them losing, like just kind of all of a sudden they, and and I don't put them alone in that category, Mm. right? The birth of hip hop really is in the eighties. It, it started to explode in the early nineties and then it just became, you know, NWA broke the glass ceiling Yeah, and it hasn't stopped since. And I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan since, you know, back in the day. Um, when Malcolm McLaren, when when Malcolm McLaren tried his hand at rap with the, the Buffalo girls, although, uh, with the world famous Supreme team, uh, like they had these DJs and it's, that album is very, uh, in a very eclectic album, but it was a huge hit. Like Malcolm McLaren, the fucking guy that, Fucked up Adam and the Ants and fucked up the Sex Pistols and fucked up everything he touched. Fuck Malcolm McLaren, by the way. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Do you think Uh, the audiences were the same? uh, Well, you had people like me that jumped, that jumped, you know, started listening more because now hip hop was was becoming broader. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we all go through that phase probably when we're younger where you hit that, you just stay in that one genre. Right, like you listen to stuff on the outside, but you're more focused on that genre because that's when, to me, like Public Enemy was blowing up, LL Cool J was blowing up, mm-hmm. Eric B and Rakim were blowing up. You know, you go down the line, and yeah. so REM kind of took a slight, slight back seat to them. So I can't think that I was alone, and I don't know if that would be the cause of them losing an audience or a chunk where their album sales just kind of faded off. Yeah, there was a, that was a big sea change in the nineties. Uh, everything changed. And me actually in the eighties, I was a metal guy. So when I heard public enemy and NWA, it gave me the feeling of when I first heard metal, yeah. it was raw. It yeah. was energy. And I loved it. And then I still say mama said, knock you out is one of the heaviest songs out there. That's <laughs> a great song. I love that quote. song. I yeah. mean, is there a better opening line? I'm sure there is, but don't call it a comeback. I've been oh, yeah. here for years. Yeah. I mean, to start the song off like that, and LL Cool J was a notorious rap battler, and nobody, like, he was undefeated. Like, undefeated. Yeah. In that rap battle, you know, him and uh, Cool Modi from the Furious Five, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, they had a thing for a little while, and, like, you just couldn't keep up with LL Cool J. Right. He was just that that good at it yeah you know the, he, dis, the diss he, tracks they called them yeah and he never cursed no f-bombs on his albums that was no, a funny thing no. about him yeah he made a mistake though in his uh later on like a little further into his career when uh gangster rap you know which is what nwa you know came out with that and everybody of course 
starts to follow. And he tried to go that route, and it mm. didn't really work. No, it just didn't look right. Like when your name is Ladies Love, cool. Yeah, day. you don't go gangster. You, you don't try, <laughs> you know, to go all. Yeah, he tried, but I think music's like that, right, Lou? I mean, people stop mimicking the thing that's hot. Yeah, which is why sure. it eventually fades away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in some things that are going on now, I, I don't, I don't know who the bands are, but I'm hearing a certain more of a similarity between, like, even the, the backing track where. You know, my son's listening to things like Kanye now. He's checking more hip hop out. But I was saying, like, you know, the backing tracks, I can't tell a lot of stuff apart. And I think it's more a newer type of hip hop with that kind of weird hi hat thing. It's, it's almost like a same same yeah. track. Um, you know, REM did a song with KRS One on um, Out of Time, a radio yeah. song. But that was 91. Yeah, he, he had a little chunk in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little, little rapping, a little pulling, pulling forth. But, um, Maybe maybe that did have an impact on on record buying as far as the rock thing goes, you know, because rocks had this yeah. up and down thing a bit as far as you know, grunge replaced hair metal, the hair bands they took grunge into their careers, so maybe rap and hip hop kind of took a chunk of rock away or whatever, you know, or just increased its own big audience. Maybe it didn't take much from anybody, but you know, I think every band's going to have a, a crest, yeah, uh, a peak and a crest. Yeah, even the Rolling Stones had one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And now the thing is, that was like you know, it's been saying is is the guitar dead or is or rock bands on the out uh, as far as modern they rock get, now or modern? They don't get the push they used to get. Like, yeah, I, I just think there's too much out there where you can't focus on one band. Now you know, like mm-hmm. there's 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 a lot of good bands out there, but they're not getting that push. They're not mm-hmm. getting that. Okay, once MTV failed to be MTV and it became. Uh, uh, basically, uh, reality TV, yeah. right? Why mm-hmm. they don't just change it to our TV is beyond me. But um, I think bands lost uh, a lot of that push. I think again, if the fucking if MTV didn't exist, the Go Go's wouldn't have gone fucking anywhere. Yeah. I don't care what the fuck Jack says; he could defend them to the top of oh, the mountain. There's a lot of bands. MTV, yeah. yeah, Tony Basil. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Did you know? One hit she, one. She, she, no, no, evidently not, Lou. No, there's evidently more. Evidently not, my friend. There's more? She, she has a fucking greatest hits album. Tony fucking Basil. You could, oh, have, a, you could have an album with somewhere. one song on it. She has literally, the, look it up, Tony really? Basil's greatest hits. Yeah, it's the, like, uh, songs Mickey, Dickie, Ricky, Vicky. I, I, I think they're just yeah. one song. They're all remixes. Remix, yeah. It's <laughs> a different name. Same song. I remember that video. I remember the video where they did the uh, the um, the Jay Giles band Human Pyramid. She was on that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you know, know, I think bands lost a lot of uh, a lot of that push, that that publicity that they got from a constant. You know, and radio started to change. Right, country came in in the nineties. Country, it's not country. It's fucking pop. It's pop pop music. Pop of twangy Telecasters. Yeah, it's it's a twangy pop. That started, you remember that song, I Swear? And it came out as an R&B single. And then they had a country version. Yeah, that's a good good call. That's when I think the record label said, hey, this is great. We can cross-pollinate R&B and country. And then that it ruined country. It's just, I can't even relate to any country that's come out since the early 90s. No. And it's all, again, it's like you said, Scott, it's the music business. Whatever they want to be successful will be successful. Rock music is still filling arenas, but it's not in the media like it used to be. Exactly. 
Country's yeah. got all these different. <clears throat> it's got subgenres. There's um bear like there's a barefoot radio station. It's like country beach. You know, it's almost like countryish, like Kenny Chesney. Yeah, but it's it's almost has a tropical, almost like Jimmy Jimmy Buffett meets Alan Jackson or whoever these people are. And you know, I'm not I'm not a fan of it in, in any way. Um, but there's a generation now, maybe a, going on a second generation that didn't grow up like we did with Johnny Cash yeah. right. and Waylon Jennings. Now, I never used to like it when I was a kid, nope. right? Nope. But th- back right. then, and I've said this a number of times on this podcast, that's when it was called Country Western. Mm. Yeah. I have albums. I actually have, you know, out of the whole, I don't know, thousand I, albums, I have some Country C&W, Western man, albums. Yeah. You know? and, uh, Ray Charles had that album. He, called, he did something, something in Country Western. Yeah. It was actually in the title of his album. Um, they remember, just, remember all jukeboxes? Yeah. If you sat in the diner booth, they would get yeah. the type of genre. It was C&W. So country yeah. Western. Yep. And and then they just decided, to, I don't know why they rebranded. They got rid of the Western thing. And then when it went pop, it's just pop music. It's just a different sounding pop music yeah. now. They wear cowboy hats and they, you know, I'm sure there's some hardcore country guys that are out there. There are. There's a singer called Jamie Johnson. If you ever can check him out, he's a throwback. He's great. And uh, he sells. He's really good. It sounds like Merle Haggard. Excellent, excellent musicianship on his albums. And he looks apart. He's got this big old beard and everything. Yeah. But he writes quality songs. So they're out there. But What's they're his not name? being put. Jamie Johnson. Jamie Johnson. I'll check yeah. him out. I'll check him out. Uh, Richie Rock just commented in. You also forgot Snoop D O double G. Motherfucker was good. <laughs> I I don't think he's dead. I, I think he's still. I think he's All still right. good. I saw him on a TV commercial the other day. Yeah, you know what? Hey, listen, talk about rebranding yourself. These guys. Oh, yeah. Listen, these guys were from these these guys were from the street. Ice Cube, Ice yeah. T, uh, Snoop Dogg. Uh, you can go down the line, right? These guys were from the streets. They weren't stupid. No. You know, people underestimated them. Now look at how much these motherfuckers are worth. Ice yeah. Cube is a real success story. What that Absolutely. guy is Absolutely. And I'll say yeah. it again. The best fucking comedy trilogy ever. Absolutely. Friday, next Friday, and the Friday yeah. after next. Yep. The best comedy trilogy ever. Absolutely. Ever. That shit. Even the last one, which the Christmas part, and the, uh, you know, uh, just <laughs> that shit was great. And, and then and somehow he made it to Disney. How the hell Ice Cube made it to Disney? But he did. Disney well, there movie. was some <laughs> kickback for that. There was a lot of kickback, uh, and but they ignored it, which was the right thing to do because, yeah. you know, I maybe that was if it was today and in, in today's cancel culture bullshit, he probably wouldn't have been able to make those movies. Right. You know, I guess son's an actor too. I guess now. Uh, is he, is yeah. he surviving the game? Surviving Ice T F Murray Abraham or whatever. A bunch of rich white guys. They're gonna, they have a hunting club, and they want to. They befriend oh. this young. They befriend this young African American man. They decide yeah. to hunt him down. I, I did um, see that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's a good movie. I, of course, it doesn't go right for them. Um, who's the act? Who's the actor who's in Platoon? John C. McGinley. Do you know who he is? In Platoon, he was um, Tom Berenger's right hand man. He was a he played a weasel. In oh, he was also he was, in. He was um, O'Neill Scrubs. in Platoon. He was in he was Scrubs. The doctor yeah. in Scrubs. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, he, he plays an asthmatic guy that it just doesn't go right for him. And in the hunt, you know, it's having an yeah. asthma attack on the side of a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I had one yesterday, actually. What, what an yeah, asthma attack a, yeah, on the I side of a, a cliff? No, I had an asthma event yesterday. I left work early. 
Ah. So my doctor said, Lou, you should be in the hospital. I said, I'm going to be on the milk crates and turntables. <laughs> Here we go. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> there you go. All right, enough I of that. That's an oxygen tank behind Lou. <laughs> it wasn't a big one on the richer scale. You know? <laughs> Very good. Um, give me, uh, I'll start with you, Lou. Give me uh, an overrated slash overplayed song. I had more time to prepare. I got this text from Mark as I was coming home. Uh, uh, an, an overrated Mark, song. Mark, Mark overrated. Kind of, all right, Mark's going to steal um, the show now. He's he ready. might, he might, an over, something overrated. You mentioned Imagine recently. But you can um, have it. Maybe <laughs> Mark, maybe, maybe Mark, I'll throw, I'm going to toss the ball to Mark. I, I have to think a minute. All right, let me toss yeah, it to Mark. I have to defer. Oh, I, I, there's a ton. Basically, you know, the joke is anyone in any city could just listen to what their classic rock radio station plays. They're all overrated, right? Bad to the bone. I am so sick of that <laughs> goddamn song. It's used in kids' movies. It was used in Terminator. It just and I didn't like it when I was thirteen. Ah, good call. Good call. I, I could see that. I mean, I think I still like it. It hasn't hasn't run its course with me yet. But that's your it's your it's your <laughs> your list, buddy. Your list. Um, I'm gonna go with, and I fucking turn this off the minute I hear it. I mean, the, the first fucking chord, I know it. Fucking Bohemian Rhapsody slash We Will Rock You. I fucking. That's a good point. I can't hit yeah. the fucking channel changer fast enough. <laughs> and it's mean, right we in are my the thumb on my steering wheel. You know? you mean we, we are the champions. We will rock you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We will yeah, whatever yeah, the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. The <laughs> all, ball of those, both of them. Because they're two different songs, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. One of them's yeah. We we are the champions. Another one. Fucking sick of that. So I'll put them together. That's why. I, oh, I, that's why I merged them together. They're so they're both equal in my head. Uh, and maybe if they weren't played every five minutes on freaking radio, you wouldn't hate them so much. Uh, I, I got one. All right. Um, it's just been done to death. And every time I hear on the local station, it's ZZ Top, Sharp Dress Man. It's just. <laughs> It's not bad, but I mean, it's one of five songs on rotation. And I think of that drummer you see in the YouTube videos, the world's greatest drummer, the showy guy. Have you ever seen this dude? No. He's a, he's a guy in a wedding band. You ha- I don't know his name. It, look up world's greatest drummer, or this drummer's in the wrong band. This guy, the way he moves his body, twirling drumsticks, but he, they do it to a sharp. Oh, I did band. see that guy. Yeah. yeah. He's quite stylish, but um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, I don't know if it's overrated or not, but it's just been done to death. Done to death. Yeah, I I, I I hear you. I, I don't really listen to that song anymore. Mm. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, it's not a bad era of ZZ Top. There's no, but it, we heard it way too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> that, it also speaks about the death of uh, album-oriented rock radio. You know? Unless you yeah. got a deep, unless you got XM radio, but, you know, commercial, mainstream radio, you will yeah. not hear album cuts. You can hear that. All right, Mark, give me another one. Okay, I'm going to say a song that, well, I changed, and I recently heard that the lyrics, what they mean, kind of changed, makes me feeling guilty for saying this, but when Hey Jude comes on the radio, split, I'm off, <laughs> I'm because you. I'm waiting for that extra long, nah, 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 and I watch Premier League Soccer, and every team I hate uses that at the end of their matches, so it's like, uh, <laughs> but yep, too long, but I do hear it was written, Paul McCartney wrote it for... um uh, Julian, Julian Lennon, yeah. yeah. And when I heard the whole story, <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, 
it is a beautiful song, but still can't take it. <laughs> yeah, I just heard it way too much. Heard it way. What album is that on? I think it was a single, right, Lou? Uh, uh, hey, it was. Hey, it was hey, on, hey, you, no, that was sixty-eight, but that that was a single. I don't know if they put it on a. If that was did. on the Let It Be album or not, but no, did they, it was they on, put it on an album. It's on this album where the four of them are standing up against the wooden door. Um, oh yes. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, and I forget. I I, I might be a great like a greatest hits type thing. Maybe yeah, I don't yeah. know. A mm. compilation album. Okay. Yeah. But it was on. But it was originally a single. But they put it on that album because I I played that fucking uh, total every day rotation when I was yeah. a kid. I love that that album both sides, and it's like I. It's, don't know the name of the album. Like I, I ask people, they're like, I don't know the name of that album. It's I not, what you're talking about. It, it's, it's more Latter Day Cuts. It doesn't go back too far. Like old, no, exactly. Field. It's all yeah. It's yeah. all like you it's said, got like old yeah. brand shoe on it. Maybe is that yeah. that doesn't? Yeah. It's not called Yesterday and Today, is it? No, I'm not I'm, okay. No, that, that was I'm an actual. That sure. was an album. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, anything by fucking Green Day. <laughs> Yeah, I know you're feeling on Green Day. Day, Even after this piece of shit, Billy Joe, whatever his name is, uh, came running this fucking yap the other day, but I hated them before that. They are an overrated band. Jack is like, you can't say that. Why are you? Maybe because you don't like them. Nah, they're just fucking overrated and overplayed. That's it. Well, my problem with them is, I don't think they insisted, but people call him punk. That's not punk. They're, no, they're a heavy no. pop band. You know? No, because he spiked his hair and he pop, turned it yeah. blue and green, yeah. and yeah, it's power pop. And the, again, I liked them the first time when they were the Ramones, and I don't even like the Ramones. Uh, wasn't there was an American Idiot like a concept album and punk? Yeah, band, then they made a play. Did, they did, they did, did a yeah, fucking, did punk bands do concept albums though? Yeah, yeah, no, and then they did a Broadway fucking play. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They American went Broadway. Idiot. Are they yeah. in Vegas? Yeah, talk about selling out. Uh, I saw their set at Wood, at uh, Woodstock in Saugerties '94. That's when they were throwing the mud at the stage. Yeah, and I was like, I'm getting out of here. I never saw so much mud in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it hurt that me that the instruments set. were getting all muddy and everything. I'm like, no, don't get the guitars dirty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, give me a, an overplayed I got, I got one. What? Maggie May. Really? Yeah. I like. I just heard yeah. it today. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like the little mandolin thing at the beginning, okay. and then the- I, 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 I never hear it again. <laughs> it's uh, to me, it's, it's that's been done to death. Done to death. Hey, Luke, could we do the theme to the Relish podcast to Maggie May for the next episode? <laughs> sure. I happen to love that song. <laughs> yeah. But it's on, his list, Mark. On the, yeah. on the yeah. 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 But when I when I hear that, I'm, I'm like, not too direct. I'm just like, ah, no, no, no. On contrast to some songs I can hear over and over again, like. Um, Light my fire, even the AM, the, the AM single version. Yeah. I can hear that all day, every day. But it's about Maggie May. I don't know. It's, it's all personal. Yeah. A lot. Of, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big Rod Stewart guy, but the faces he was good. Um, Rolling Stone magazine, uh, uh, the Rolling Stone Encyclopedia Rock and Roll said no artist has ever betrayed his talent so greatly than Rod Stewart. Oh, he with, was um, an interpreter. With, with he sang you other think I'm songs. sexy? I need. I want my body. Well, that was the disco era. They all did that. The, the Stones, Stones came Stones, out and yeah. miss you. And uh, that's a lot better than Do You Think I'm Sexy? I kind of like that song. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, don't I. Know, I don't know if it just brings back a good memory of that time in my life. Okay. You know, and I actually when, don't hear it that much, actually. No, no. Uh, if you yeah. ever seen the movie, um, So I Married an Axe Murderer? 
I married an axe murderer. Yeah, with um uh, Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah. He plays his father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you like my body, and you think I'm sexy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lou. By the way, you know who co-wrote that song? A drummer. Uh, a drummer. Carmen Apice. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah, good, from good Vanilla story. Fudge to Do You Think I'm Sexy? Wow, look at yeah. All right. So, Right. That's, that's why I love having you motherfuckers on. I think Car- Carmen <laughs> Apice. Pull up that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love Buddy, that. Buddy Rich hated rock and roll, but he thought Carmen Apice was a good drummer. He gave him he props. He's great. Which is coming not from Buddy Rich. No. Yeah. I think drummers, though, as a, a as a collective, they they have a respect for the for each other in the sense of they know where they stand in the band. Yeah, we're, yeah. We get to, we get to look at everyone's asses when we don't want. Them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they know the effort that has to go into it that no one fucking pays attention to, unless you're like one of the top five drummers in the world. We, we, we share, we we share. Um, I know it's guitar players. Or I did some shows with some a lot of metal bands in particular. They were very, you know, with, with each other. You know, they, yeah. How do you do that lick? You know, I mean, a lot of guitar players don't play with their back to the audience. And drummers, because it's a it's a working man's job, kind of. You got to keep everyone together. You know, you can't be a too much of a prima donna, really. I mean, but you've got keep all those elements together. So it's kind of selfless in a way, which is one reason I think a lot of drummers make good producers because your ears are very open to whatever else they're doing because it has to be. All right, big Um, question. Big question. Who, in your opinion, Lou, and then I'll ask you, Mark, is the greatest drummer of all time? Of all genre or just one particular of all all time? Of all time. Who's first? You, Me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say overall, because he could do it all. I'm going to say Ginger Baker. I agree. 100%. And we have the same birthday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mark, he's pondering. Do you have to take a sip of your, of your fine vintage wine, Mark? 2021 Yellowtail. The Yellowtail's aging as he's holding yellow it. Yellowtail, right? <laughs> you, have no idea, you have no idea what that does to me, Mark. <laughs> he comes to visit. I have a world of fine wine at my disposal. I'm bringing a case of yellowtail with me when I come down. <laughs> you're not getting. You're not getting in the door, pal. You drink it on the front porch. It could be worse than all the other wildlife. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm. I'm going between my opinion and who is, and Lou knows who I'm probably going to say, and it seems like such a common answer from so many of of fans of this band, but. I'm really leaning towards saying Neil Peart because he can play jazz. He did a tribute album to, um, who was it, Lou? Uh, His favorite Uh, drummer. Not Louis Belson. Gene Krupa. Gene Krupa. This guy can play jazz, but he was in one of the best prog bands in the world. And he he, He, he learned to play jazz, though. Yeah. Ginger Baker was was jazz. Was jazz, yeah. And when um, Rush play live, when we see him, that's the only band that nobody left during the drum solo. There's a reason for that. You know, his drum solo. Jack, were... Jack says when a drum solo starts, he's going to go get a beer. He always, <laughs> he hates drum solos. Well, most of all, I mean, I mean, I don't Ian like, Pace. Like yeah. Ian Pace from Deep Purple. Great drummer. Great, great drummer. drummer. But his drum solo, it's like, it's just paradiddles up and down, up and down. Yeah. You know, or they do the boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But Neil Peart, Peart's drum solo was based on supposedly the history of music in the world, you know, and uh, right. it was just fast. I'm going to go with that, but 
Because he was technically subjective. sound, even with the even playing prog rock and rock and yeah. roll, he was just. I mean, yeah. the guy was just technically sound. Is the only you way know, I could put it. And a, a heavy hitter. I'm all his life a heavy yeah. hitter. You can see, like one of the worst rush shows I ever went to. I got tickets and tickets sucked. We're, but it turned out to be great because we we're almost behind the stage. So I got to sit behind Neil, basically. I mean, not that far away, and just watch what he did. It was like almost like a tutorial. Um, wow. But, but I noticed I, I saw a, a solo of his recently, and he was doing a lot of stuff on the snare. And I'm thinking, it was amazing. I said, but I've heard other drummers do something similar to that, uh, maybe even better. But what he did, his his uh, the sonic quality of his drum kit, the, the melodic, mm. we had the, the drums tune. Nobody, yeah. did, no one sounded like that. And he had yeah. a great technique. Yeah. Um, but definitely like the, the way that kit sounded, you know, you know that drum set anywhere. Yeah. Have and you I ever, was, seen, have you ever uh, seen the video for uh, uh, where they just focus? There's a camera on the drummer from Tool. No, I would love to see that. Oh, yeah. Tool. He's got a Celtics jersey on. And it's just, I forget the name of the song, but find it on mm. YouTube. It is so worth watching. Like, you know, because Tool is a very unique sounding band. Like yeah. they are very intricate in the, yes. in the yeah. sound and the drumming Precise. is very intricate too. Yeah. Yeah. Um the double and, that double bass drum, how they make that sound so it's even. I mean it's I mean to do it that I can't do it. I mean to do it that fast like that. I don't play double, but I when I have it's it's weird because one of your legs is weaker than the other. It's just a weird thing. But well, what I makes tools what makes them so good is the textures. They would do that. The guy would do a double basing, but they'd be going low and, you know, and then they bring it up and then they get really loud. Then they go down, but he's still doing the double bass. And I, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. But practice. check out that video. Yeah. The drummer from tool mm. and they just, the whole song, they just have a camera on him, you know, and it's fucking amazing. And he, they, it's like effortless. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, they've been doing it for so long and the whole thing. But, uh, where do you put Stuart Copeland in great in the great drums? He see in the top ten, top fifteen, top 20? yeah, I think so. Has um, to be right. Yeah, I think so. And on original originality alone, I mean, no one else I, sounded like him, and still, but technique, offbeat technique. If yeah. you listen to a police song, and a lot of people don't get it, mm. they don't. They really don't hear it until you pay attention to it. His his, his beats. The, the, high, the highest works. stuff, yeah, it's it's real. It's, it's a lot of it's like the reggae influence. Yes, um, but his syncopation is just unusual. Um, even mm-hmm. I, I heard um, "Invisible Sun" recently. Sounds simple, but it's kind of not. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's just really cool. But uh, his sound alone, I mean, you know, the first albums, uh, first two records, very simple, fat rock kit. Once they got more successful, whatever, his sound changed. The snare drum got a lot tighter. Um, his different drums that he used. It, didn't, it sounded like he was using a studio kit on the first record. Like, that was the kit that was there. Yeah. Uh, everything else sounds like him. But, um, you know, the Synchronicity 2 record, um, the song itself, but, um, the Synchronicity 2, another suburban family morning. Yeah, yeah. The drums are incredible. Amazing. Amazing. But, yeah, he's up there as a, a composer. And, has to be. Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. Um, I he, think- Neil Peart was a big fan of him. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Living Drummers, he is the closest, and this is just my opinion, I could be wrong, I think he's the closest to Ginger Baker than any living drummer right now that's on the map, hmm. I should say. I'm sure there's some fucking guy out there playing in a band, yeah. with a band in fucking Wyoming who's yeah. phenomenal drummer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he's stuck playing in a band in Wyoming. Yeah. A million undiscovered Beatles, you know? Did yeah. you... um? 
did, did any if either of you two happen to see that documentary on Ginger Baker? I believe it's on Netflix. Oh, beware, beware, Mr. Mr. Oh, my God. He breaks the nose of the guy that's doing the documentary. Fucking hits him with a cane right in the (laughs) face. A lovely man. A lovely man, you know. Then the next scene, he's talking about Eric Clapton. He's crying. I love him. I love him. He's there. What an amazing documentary. If you ever, ever, ever watch a music doc, a rock doc, beware, Mr. Baker is a fucking phenomenal documentary. How this guy stuck with him. And just didn't say, fuck you. you. I'm fucking out of here. Fuck you. You're not worth it. Fuck you. I'm leaving Africa. He made his face bleed. I mean, a broken nose hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And he's in the house. He's like smoking around his grandchildren in the house. Yeah, and stuff. He just fucking didn't care. His son, he has a relationship, a not no. relationship with his son. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing. And yeah. I'll tell you what, man, that is a great documentary. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but if, if you listen to like he had some friendships but his thing was he his father was like a monster he was an abused kid you know yeah. so he built that shell around himself <laughs> but, and um, you're right he was very selective about who he was friends with he yeah. didn't like a lot of people no i mean hear him talk about you know we talk about other drummers i mean the best thing he said about bond because he's got great technique but that was it that um, was it yeah, yeah, yeah moon moon same thing i i, I forgot what exactly he uh, perry sent me a clip he said about moon but like, you know, what the hell are you doing all over the place, you know? Yeah. Um, but he, he was, you know, I always said, if I could have Ginger, if I could play like Ginger Baker and have Hal Blaine's career, I would just, that's heaven on earth. Oh, we're on the Hal Blaine kick here. Always. Let's go. This is going to take two hours. Go well, for now, it. You're going to tell, me, you tell versus, me who Hal Blaine is. Hal Blaine. Have you heard of the Wrecking Crew, the LA Session guys? They play. Oh, yeah. Game. Yeah. Hal Blaine was the, the the main drummer. There were a couple others that were just as well. Earl, Earl Palmer was considered part of the... um. Wrecking Crew, but he was be, he was before that. He's one of the called one of the originators of rock and roll drumming. But Hal Blaine, he, he's played on more number one hits to this day than anyone still has not been matched. But um, songs like he was on he was on the number one single of the year for like seven years in a row. It's insane. Go on, moving from like you know the um, oh, was it the the Fifth Dimension, the Aquarius, uh, Let the Sunshine In, everything. Yeah. But yeah. like, was it Wichita lineman? He's on every single hit version. So uh, he did with Glenn Campbell, yeah. and they all hired him to do it. But um, unparalleled. <laughs> I uh, fucking love that song. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the Glenn Campbell version. There's no... Johnny Cash does a really good version. But really? Wow. The, yeah, he uh, he really does a good version of it. But yeah. the Glenn Campbell version, there's nothing like that. There's yeah. nothing fucking like that yeah. song. Right behind it, Dwight yeah. Yoakam's version. Dwight Yoakam did yeah. an excellent version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're going to do that song, you better do it fucking good. Do it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you got a big shoes to fill with that. We we talked about that era too. That was like Jimmy Webb. Those type of songs. You know, that yeah. that type of mid to late sixties. You know the Sunshine Pop era and all those things. But Jimmy Webb wrote you know, Wish to Lime and all that. All the Glenn Campbell hits was written by him. Up up and away. Jimmy Webb. You know these guys were song crafters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you just mentioned the Wrecking Crew, right? Who is the? And I watched this documentary about the Motown group that oh. did all. The Funk Brothers. The Funk Brothers, yeah. There's a great documentary on them. Oh, my God, yeah. Great documentary. Incredible. It's called Under the Bridge or something like that. I, I forget yeah. if that's his. It's uh, no, Standing in, the Shadow, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Standing in the Shadows. Great. Great. And I'm a big rock doc guy. I love documentaries in general. Mm-hmm. But you find a good rock doc, you know, rock documentary. 
it's just i guess that's our that's our our niche right i agree and even rock books rock books i i have a library of books i read books about bands i don't know i don't like but you have an appreciation for them yeah yeah Yeah. give me an example what book of a band that you don't like but you read their book Hmm. off off all right so before i was i became a grateful dead fan hated them until i was 30 liked a couple studio songs then someone told me you gotta listen to them as a jazz band, not a rock band. But I read the book Long Strange Trip. And when you read about the relationship between uh Mickey and Bill as the drummers and Jerry being the leader, not being the leader, and Bob Weir, who's never given any credit for being a major guy in the band, you just that band fascinated me. Because in every way they shouldn't have made it. They were not powerful live when they first started. Somehow they made it through and once I started, that book made me listen to him. And then I listened to him as, again, a jazz band. Because when I was young, I had some compilation album that was Grateful Dead playing Johnny B. Good. And I'm like, this sucks. They're doing a half speed. You know, they shouldn't do a song anyway, you know. But then, again, it's like a jazz band. If Pat Metheny were to play some pop standards, he's not going to do it like a rock band. Yeah. Um, so it made me a pretty... I think the biggest reason I didn't like the dead was deadheads. I said, I'm not going to be a deadhead. You know, I was looking at the visuals and I used to get people telling me all the time, no man, just listen to them. Listen to them. I get it. I'm on the bus. I got it. You know? Uh, So you went into that, you went into that book, not liking them, but you still picked up the book and read it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of people, that's a lot of people won't do that. They'll be like, nah, nah. I I think their story is more interesting than the music. It's just, it does not like some of that, recorded seminal recorded work working man's dead yeah there's yeah. some really good songs but i would much rather, I, i've seen you know, the other the other one the bob weir thing i find the yeah. document and stories about them are more interesting to me than the music itself and the live stuff i am sorry my friend yeah. <laughs> well, i like i like what perry said the other day on one of our episodes perry goes okay so this morning at 10 o'clock i get in my car <laughs> to drive to home depot i got stuck in traffic for a half hour this fucking song was still on i go into home depot one register open Takes me forty five minutes to pay. I come out the same fucking song as I. Down Uncle John's banner. But Bob Weir finally finally got his due. Absolutely. And I'm seeing Dead and Company next week. He carried the torch after Jerry Garcia died, right? Yeah, he did. And I'm going to see Dead and Company next week. uh, Just to see him with John Mayer. He's really fit fit that band pretty good. So. So you're so you're almost a deadhead then, right? But I'm going to go in my Liverpool. I'm going to wear my Liverpool jersey. Friggin' hippie. <laughs> Your Liverpool soccer jersey, right? Yeah, I do. Are <laughs> so you going as a soccer hooligan with the hippies? <laughs> Ooh, let's get some deadheads. <laughs> I'm living in a big deadhead area. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to start wrapping this up. But of course, the wrap up takes 15 minutes because <laughs> so let's just start getting into this. Uh, Top 10 this week in 1986. Can either one of you give me a song off the list, off this top 10 in 1986? This is uh, rock, surgery rock, 1986. Can I invisible touch? Uh, let's see. Wow. Really? Fucking bingo. You Ooh, know why? You. I was now, a Lou, junior. Now, Lou, that's number eight. That's number eight. Yeah. If you can come up with one, 
Jacob's ladder, Huey Lewis in the news. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody, you know what? Dave Phillips just put that on. Uh, he has his little Facebook page, Tony's Tunes, and he puts out. You know, he plays a video, puts a video on it. And Jacob's ladder, I'm telling you, that's fucking Huey Lewis in the news' best song. Yeah, that's a good song. That is a great song. <laughs> a song. But it's, it wasn't '86. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. So I was. I'll give you one more shot. '86 this week. I think Mark just took a shot at a popular song in 86. Nah, I was a junior in high school that year. I know that year. Oh, there you um, go, buddy. Oh. I have I have another one that I think might be it. Maybe, Lou, I'll text you. you let, let, no, no. <laughs> let's no, no, do it. Do it. Come on. No, come on, Lou. You got one? You, I, I'm, I can't think. I'm 86. Stumped. All right. Mark, <clears throat> let's see if you can pull out another one. All right, so if I remember 10. right, it was the first year I heard Toto, and they had I'll Be Over You. Was that a top 10 hit, though? Is that your answer? Yeah. <laughs> it was a top 10 hit to me. Uh, <laughs> okay. I had to keep it in the, in the... I couldn't let my Metalheads friends know I liked that song. Ah, uh, Okay, here we go. Number 10. Sledgehammer. Peter oh Gabriel. Right? <clears throat> that came out in 86. Yeah. <clears throat> Number 9. Nasty by Janet Jackson. Good song. Number eight, Invisible Touch, Genesis. Number seven this week in 1986, A Different Corner by George Michael. I don't remember that. Uh, Me neither. (laughs) Uh, Number six, Who's Johnny by El DeBarge. Right? Number five. Who's Johnny? Who's Johnny? Who's Johnny? I I remember hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, number five, he was mentioned earlier in the show. No one is to blame by Howard Jones. There you go. Good album. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Dolby. No. <laughs> if you had a chance to see a concert, Howard Jones or Thomas Dolby, who would you go see? Howard Look. Jones. Oh, I'd see Howard Jones. No, I was I mean, going to ask a you a second, Mark. Just... That's a tough call. I'm looking at, I, I know more of Howard Jones' material than, um, Thomas Dolby. Right. I think but, Thomas Dolby was, would be a more lively concert because he's pretty uh he's pretty uh, uh I've seen clips of of his old concerts and it's lively. It's you lively. know, that's him playing keyboards on Foreigners uh Girl Like You. You know, he played the keyboards on uh Joan Armatrading's Me Myself and I. Yeah, that really that's an old one. Yeah. Yep. Wow, See, that's I very could, cool. Uh, I could go back. Okay. That's a great album. I sit here by myself. Yeah, it is. That's cool. an old girlfriend turned me on to that back in 81, 80, 81. 81. I yeah. was dating her, and her sister is a big Joan Armatrading uh, fan. And she's like, We got to listen to this album. And I was like, Oh, fuck. You know, and I got my, my jean jacket with the Rolling Stones fucking sticker, <laughs> you know, the whole thing, the tongue on the back. And I'm like, Damn, this is a good album. Joan Armatrading. Yeah. It might be who, Kenny Jones on drums. Who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just on her. She's been fucking 50 years she's been making music. Yeah. She actually had a top 10 female. Uh, what was it? Top 10 or, or top. No, she she actually she went into jazz and she had the album of the year uh, about four or five years ago. And just like the, the lady is just fucking talented. Mm-hmm. But. No credit from the Rock Hall of Fame. 
I mean, put, most people don't even know who she is. And even then, when that song came out, it was, it was, I guess that was like a rare hit for her, but I'd heard her name but never knew the music, but I thought it was a great song. Plus, we yeah. had, uh, she had, what, All the Way from America. That came out in like 78. Wow. You know? Um, so she'd been around. She's been around for a while. Yeah. So, okay, number five was No One Is to Blame, Howard Jones. Number four? Catch up, boys. Nope. <laughs> Holding Back the Years by Simply Red. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, number uh, three. Uh, Scott, are these, are these the top ten singles of the year? Like these were No, three? this this week. This week, okay. This week in 1986. Okay. Top ten this week and the week ending June 28th, I think it was. Uh, number three, Crush on You by The Jets. Oh, memories. Yeah, right? Number two, There'll Be Sad Songs by Billy Ocean. And number one, this week in 1986, On My Own, Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. <laughs> right, so Michael McDonald, but you can easily substitute him for Rick Astley, and they sound fucking exactly the same. No more broken promises. Sounds, yeah, you're right there. My <laughs> wife, I couldn't believe she pulled that That's one out. I asked her, who's singing? She goes, is that Rick Astley? I was like, oh, <laughs> couldn't believe that i was like how did i not catch that have you ever seen the camp michael mcdonald skits the comedian that does a michael mcdonald impersonation <laughs> uh, he, he does, he, uh, there's a comedian that does michael mcdonald impersonation. he does him as a camp counselor <laughs> it's, it's called camp michael mcdonald it, it was on the conan o'brien show oh uh, okay it's, it's, it's pretty funny and there's an old sctv uh skit with rick moranis playing the world's greatest backup vocalist and he plays michael mcdonald but um <laughs> definitely from funny stuff I saw Michael McDonald at the uh, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. I lived right around the corner from it. And uh, what a fool! What's what's his big song? What a fool, what a fool believes. believes. Yeah. Uh, with the right, doobies, yeah. yeah. I mean, taking it to the streets. That was the first big one with him. I think with the doobies. Minute yeah, by minute. I think what a fool minute believes. He he actually let one of the backup singers sing it, like the majority of the song. Wow. He, I think he's just sick. It was one of, uh, it might have been that one or another. You, you're, you're thinking of Elvin Bishop with Mickey Jones, Mickey, uh, Mickey Hart, not Mickey Hart, singing uh, Fooled Around and Fell in Love. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> he was a back, you know the song, Elvin Bishop's song, Fooled Around and Fell yeah. in Love? That's a backup singer that sang the lead, but went on to sing with Jefferson Starship. Mickey yeah, something. When I, oh. I, I was at the show and he, the backup singer sang one of his. Uh, it was one of his solo singles. Huh. He's probably just tired of some of those songs. Yeah, and was I it, think, was it Jamo be there? But I think that's the case. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that's it. The top ten in 1986. Moving on to this day in music. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> as my as my iPad, I shit you not, know, just shit the bed on me. <laughs> Oh, no. Jack would be really happy, but I have my iPhone, so there we go. <laughs> and it just has to load up with the... Uh, As it's loading, do you remember, Do you know what the number one song was the day you were born? The number oh, one song it was... in the U.S. No. Mine was um, um, Tossing and Turning. I thought that was a 50 song. <laughs> I didn't all sleep right. at all last night. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going on uh, I'm going to go on my screen right here my computer screen because I can this day of music June 29th 1961 Del Shannon was number one on the UK singles chart with 
Run away. There you go. In Does 61? Another? That was 61. That was 61, yeah. Wow. Uh, let's see. It was a sad day on this day in 1975. American singer-songwriter Tim Buckley died of an overdose of heroin and morphine at age of 28. Wow. Mm. The magic number. Uh, he never gets lumped in with all those other 20, isn't 28 year olds, right? Kirk, 20, Obey, 27, 27, that's 27. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Lived them by a year. <laughs> Good for you, Timmy. Yeah, Good for really? you. Fuck Mor- Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix. Heroin and morphine. Huh? Yeah. Oof. We're not big. Uh, he released nine albums, including the 1972 release. Greetings from LA. Uh, Buckley is the father of singer songwriter, Jeff Buckley. Mm. Who also died. Yeah. Bizarre day. day. Well, yeah. How did he how, die how again? He, he, he was swimming in the Mississippi. That's I right. Believe. No, yeah. it was not the Mississippi. It was another. Was it Louisiana? Oh. Well, he was swimming in a river. He was in a yeah. river at nighttime. Yeah. Um, yeah. How old was he? Now, that happened in the uh, in the 2000s, right? Yeah. Early, early 2000s, 2000, I think. Yeah. Uh, great, great voice. Yeah. Amazing singer. So uh, was his father. On this day in 1984. Bruce Springsteen kicked off the first leg of his Born in the USA tour. Talk about a fucking overrated, overplayed song. Good fucking <laughs> I Lord. forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I had it on my list. We just kind of moved on because yeah. conversation went down the rabbit hole, right? As these conversations <laughs> do. But I had that fucker on my list. Born in the USA. <laughs> I don't know. That's a fuck. I might listen to Bohemian Rhapsody before I listen to that fucking really? song. Really? Oh wow! It's yeah. the production. Big drums. Kind of sick of it. Yeah. Kind of really sick of it. Yeah. Uh, so he kicked off the first leg of his Born in the USA tour with a three-night run at the Civic Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. Spring scene would play a total of 156 shows, ending on October 2nd, 1985, in Los Angeles. <laughs> on this day in 1985. Oh. <laughs> This was a, it was a fucking shitty day on this day in 1985 when David Bowie and Mick Jagger recorded a version of the Martha Rees and the Vandellas 61 dancing in the streets. Good Lord. Tokyo. Oh, that song. That was a part of a conversation. Video Uh, and song. Equally. That's that's what it was. Take take that in the Billy Squire rock me tonight uh, video. You you got two, you got two things as bad. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. interestingly enough, they did that for the forthcoming Live Aid fundraiser event. The single went on to become a number one UK hit. Did you know? There's a did you know in here. I like the did you knows. The original plan was to perform a track together live with Bowie performing at Wembley Stadium and Jagger at John F. K. Stadium until it was realized that the satellite link-up would cause a half-second delay that would make this impossible unless either Bowie or Jagger mimed their part of the song, something neither artist was willing to do. But Jack went to that Live Aid concert, and he said they played that fucking song, that video, on a loop. Oh, wow. (laughs) He said they just kept playing. It played and playing. It was like on on what they called back then a big screen, right? Yeah, yeah. And he said it was fucking, they must have played it 50 times. Did he hate it as much as we do? I'm sure he does. And then there's the video of, <laughs> um, there's the video of those two 
doing dance in the streets with no vocals and no music. Have you seen? It's just them dancing. <laughs> There's some weird noises that go in. It's like, the, yeah, it's like little soft, animal noises. It's like a soft shoe. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Whoever put that together was fucking a comic genius. Brilliant. Fucking brilliant. Oh On this day in 2020, American singer-songwriter Benny Mardonis died at the age of 73. He scored his single hit, into the night, into the night, which hit the top twenty on the Billboard Hot 100 chart twice in 1980 and 1989. Now, we I mentioned earlier one of the greatest opening lines in music was LL Cool J's "Don't call it a comeback." I've been if he is one of the most fucking cringe, disturbing fucking opening lines of a song in history. In my opinion, is "Into the Night," where it says. She's just 16 years old. <laughs> Leave her alone. And if you listen, I heard that song recently. If you listen, oh. he sings. It's a long song. At the end of it, he's screaming so maniacally. It sounds like he's trying to kill her. Oh. It's a, it, I was whoever produced that. I should have said that last minute. Sing. It's 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 got really violent sounding at the end. It's, it's creepy. He couldn't have said 18. No. Had to say 16. Yep. She's just 16 years old. Yeah. Leave her alone. Yeah, it's my fucking daughter. You, right. you, yo, yo. Yeah, That's right. you can bet. You can fucking <laughs> bet. <laughs> All right. Born on this day in 1953, Colin Hay, oh. Scottish Australian musician with Men at Work. Yep. So I had a chance to see him and the Violent Femmes. Literally right down the street from me, there's this amphitheater in this beautiful park here in Boca. And I was coming home from work. I'm like, I'm going to go see this. Like, it's fucking right there. Had the drop-in visitor. And I, fuck. Like, I can't just say, hey, I'm leaving. Uh, Got to go into a concert. I, uh, What's I it, never- Tom Spallone bringing you pizza? <laughs> Hey, Scott. Uh, Dave Phillips says Mick Jagger is the best writer and front man ever. Arguably. Arguably. And writer, Phillips, I don't know. Writer, I don't know. But front man. Yeah. He also says remember. Mickey Thomas sang the lead. And I that was Mickey that. Thomas. Yeah. 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 There you go. Dave Phillips was, is a little music man. He's a music man. Did, and, Colin Hay play, did Colin Hay play solo or did he play with a band? No, it was him solo. His solo stuff is, I mean, those, those Men at Work songs that acoustically are great. Yeah. And other things. Yep. And that's the only important person born on that day or the only motherfucker that I knew in the list. So that's the show. Okay. Can I just add one thing? Buddy. Show you how young I am. The number one song when I was born was Get Back by the Beatles. (laughs) And during the show, Tom checked in and said, hey, bitches, should I ask him for his doctor's note? Uh, He he owes a doctor's note. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, no doubt about that. I do you have that up on your computer, Mark, right now? The the date, like the what the number one song was? Uh, on my birthday? Yeah, on your yeah. computer. Do you have it up on your yeah. computer? Yeah, you want me to I know mine some fucked up, like, doo-wop band or something. December 18th, 1963. All right. Let's see what it was. Sugar Shack. It's, it's, it's Sugar not, Shack. Is it really? I'm going to say Sugar Shack. <laughs> oh, geez. You said 63, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah, December 18th. Dominique by the Singing Nun was Dominique, the number one song. I tell you some fucked That's up funny. song. I remember looking that up, going, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I have a I have a book, the the top selling albums of the sixties. That album is way up there. The Singing Fucking, Nun. 
They were so fucked up in the 60s, weren't they? It's better than Dominic the Christmas Donkey. I mean, look how much weird stuff was on there, though. I mean, there was top 10 records, there was comedy albums, Bob Newhart, Bob Bill Cosby. It was the Wild West of music and radio, and it was just anything goes. Yeah, pre British invasion. Yeah. Um, there yeah. Were, I think the best American music was the Motown stuff because a lot of the other stuff, like Sugar yeah. Shack and all these other songs, Bobby Rydell, those really bad teen idols. I, I would Avalon, rather have fucking know? Sugar Shack than the singing nuns with Dominique. Yeah. I yeah, just think definitely. you can't even brag about that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Do you know the song? It's, I think I probably heard it, but it's. You, you just, have. Yeah, I'm sure you have. It's, it's embarrassing. It's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's not even in English. I can't even brag about that. You don't dare play it because it'll probably do you. (laughs) Exactly. Well, all right, everybody. Listen, I want to thank you guys immensely. This is always fun. We had a great time. Yeah, Yeah, it's always great conversation. You guys always pull shit out that I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You did it today, too. Yeah, well, you know, I have my moments. I have my moments. Um but I want to thank you guys. And again, open invitation. Anytime you guys want to come on uh, the Music Relish podcast, you can find it on Spotify. Uh, what YouTube. else? Are there YouTube. any uh, on YouTube, the YouTube yep. channel, Music YouTube, Relish? Yeah. yeah. YouTube channel. And uh, they just started. You recorded your first your first show last night, yeah? Uh, Sunday, yeah. All right. On Sunday. All right. So it's, it's up now. What's the topic? Uh, uh, it was more random relish, but it was, we did a thing of uh, all the songs of summer. I actually I quizzed um, Perry and Mark about I named the song, and they had to tell me the artist. Ah. Uh, we, did, we did that. Um, and Scott, I did my thing was the albums released in 1979. If you ever get a chance, Google yeah. albums released in 1979. I have incredible, yeah. fucking unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. amazing. I, I, I actually, I actually, um, it's funny you said that. I had posted a video some years back. On all the hits from like, I think it was like 1979, or the, the albums, and it, it was just yeah. like, whoa! Like yeah. there were little snippets, oh, yeah. so, tons of them, yeah. And even it was, some of those singles, like uh, Bram Tchaikovsky's "Girl in My Dreams," you know that song? No, no. It's, it's a it's the best song, rock song ever written about a blow up doll. It's called <laughs> "It's called Girl in My Dreams." Bram Tchaikovsky, like a one hit wonder. It was I, I graduated high school in '79, but I remember that was all over the radio. But we're saying. That was the year rock took some ground back from disco. Remember the disco versus Certainly rock years? Did. Disco sucks. Yeah, yeah. That. Um, but nineteen seventy nine, like there was still some disco, but it was kind of on the down down low there. But but rock made a huge comeback. Oh, that was the that was the end of It was the end of the seventies big bands like the Who, Zeppelin were winding down. Dinosaur yeah. rock was winding down. Yeah. Disco was winding down, but then new wave was coming. Yeah. Talking heads and the police, and it was just an incredible time in music. So yeah, that's a, yeah. I think Lou, we got to redo that show. Yeah, and, um, I, I spoke yeah. about Henry Diltz, the famous rock photographer. He did over 250 album covers. Uh, he did a lot of portraits as well, like um, by the Eagles album covers, the Desperado stuff. But he's an Eagles documentary, an interesting guy. He's a a bluegrass musician, so he also played the banjo on America's Don't Cross the River. But he was a musician before he was a photographer. But interesting guy, but. Um, some of the album covers that he—I mean, over 250 well-known album covers—they're hard to find. The names are hard to find. I have to do a lot of digging, but um, he's got some books out. I'm going to get one of his books about the whole California Laurel Canyon scene. He was the official photographer for Monterey Pop Festival and Woodstock. Did you ever watch the documentary Laurel Canyon? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's good. Amazing. Yeah, 
that all those fucking people, they were all in the same place. All in the same neighborhood, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. What a time. So, well, again, guys, I appreciate it. Maybe, maybe one day we'll get Perry to come on. We'll, we'll see. work on him. We'll work on him. He can stay him. mysterious. He can stay mysterious. That's fine. That's fine. I wish you guys luck with your podcast, although I, I don't think I have to. Uh, if Thanks. you get a chance, go listen to it. The, the content is solid. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you like the show and you watch it on YouTube, uh, subscribe. If you've listened for the whole two hours, two hours, guys, we broke <laughs> wow. our last record. The Again. last one we did was like an hour 45. <laughs> we just broke it by 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, there's no marathon, some weekend marathon. You know, there's those, there's we'll, these we'll channels on YouTube that I, that I, I like, uh, nerd Roddick and, uh, you know, it's pop culture stuff, right? And they rail against Disney and the whole thing. They want to bring back old Star Wars. But they will do these, like, shows. It's, uh, like, one of them is called Friday Night Tights. And he has on all these other YouTubers. Uh, there'll be, like, six of them. And they do these four-hour marathons. And, you know, some of it gets a little kind of everybody's talking at the same time type thing. But, uh I, I think if we really wanted, we could do at least three hours. We oh, yeah. could probably yeah. keep talking for another hour. Although I don't think the podcast listeners want to hear a three-hour podcast. Right. It, it, it'll be like Perry's hearing that fucking the Grateful Dead song. <laughs> I got in my car. I stuck in traffic. They're still like, talking. It's, it's the same fucking song. <laughs> They're still talking about Benny Margolis. What the fuck? <laughs> fuck. How do listen, they do listen, that? Listen to that song, people. Listen to the end of it. It's 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 like Jack the Ripper oh, took the microphone. It's horrible. <laughs> he's insane. And listen, I won't be doing a show next week, Fourth of July. I will be in Saint Augustine, enjoying the Fourth of July there. It is a All phenomenal right. place to go see the fireworks and just to be. The beaches are great. The people are friendly. The food is good, and it's always a great time, Saint Augustine. Uh, and listen, guys. Um, we got to do this again. Yeah, please. We got to do this again. Any, any sure. Yeah, anytime. yeah. And next time, Tom, he'll bring his doctor's note. Yep, he'll bring his doc. That's almost now. It's a requirement. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses. And uh, everybody, again, thanks for listening. I appreciate you listening. Uh, to quote my favorite artist, Morrissey, "The pleasure, the privilege is mine." Doing this show. You are the engine that makes this machine run. Without you, I would be talking to myself or these guys. And it's no fun if no one's listening. Well, it is fun, but it's better when people are listening, right? Sure. Yeah. Let the, you kind of get it out there. Like, yeah, I know some shit. I know some shit. So what? What? <laughs> and I will be back in a couple of weeks. I don't know if Jack will be back. He might be traveling still, but uh We'll work it out one way or another. But again, thanks for listening and uh, see you in the next episode.